Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, everyone. This is the one and only V, the Gorilla Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the Morning with my main man, CJ, who is working the airwaves, making sure the broadcast is coming out crispy and clean. You know what I mean? Uh, check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single podcasting app known to humanity, Apple Podcasts, or whatever you want to call it, Google Podcasts, uh, Twitch, Titch, whatever. We're everywhere, man. We're everywhere. You can't miss us. And one day... Someday over the rainbow, over the rainbow, because it's Pride Month, folks. We are allies here, are we not, gentlemen? Yes, we are allies. Yes, 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 yes. I am a ally. Yes, absolutely. One day over the rainbow, we will return to YouTube, but we don't know what that's going to look like. But eventually, we'll get there. But we're having fun here, saying what the hell we want to say. We have Cowboy with us. Every Thursday, Cowboy joins us because, hell, man, I mean, what a day Thursday to have Cowboy on, especially. After the Fed has done its Hail Mary play, it literally, they literally throw a Hail Mary, 75 basis points bump. <laughs> we wake up today, it's a market sell off. The pound is crashing. The dollar is going sideways. They've lost control, man. So I don't know where you want to start, Cowboy. I'm gonna, we'll start off with some market news. Uh, we'll, we'll touch base on Bitcoin, uh, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, anybody watching in Discord or actually I have a private group as well. That's an offshoot of the old uh, watches trade that we used to have. And uh, I've been calling it out uh, for, I mean, back when Bitcoin was in the 50,000 range, I was like, hey, charts do not look good, looking nasty. Um, You know, so I took profit there, took a little more profit in the mid 40s um, and then even some more in the low 40s. So look, what we're now seeing is the result <laughs> of what happens when you don't take profit. Um, you know, I don't have the meme ready. I wish I did. But there's this meme that is, I wish I took profit, but I held because it's my identity. So <laughs> so let's, let, you it's know, a, let's go ahead. It's a gender and, thing. I get it now. It makes sense. Yeah, I'm a Bitcoin. I don't know. I, I can't. I don't even know what cis Bitcoin male, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't know their talk. I don't have the talk down. I'm a terrible owl I'm a terrible owl, O-W-L-E-Y-E. 
Um, so, you know, look. We Cowboy, is there any way to, to that chart that you have to go full screen with that, or do you have it set uh, up full yeah. screen? That's as full screen as it goes right okay. there. Um, okay. What I can do, though, is... No, I that's okay. Do... It's okay. It just, I mean, it if just... you want to take it full screen, that's racist. <laughs> that is racist. <laughs> yes. And sexist, too. Both. Uh, but I, I can certainly expand it. Um, so, and, you know, we'll, we'll monkey with this a little bit. Um, but long story short, we had a guy come into our chat who kind of shows up every once in a while, not too active. And he's like, oh, Bitcoin's a scam. It's a terrible hedge against inflation. I'm like, well, okay. Think about it this way. I got back in, I got into Bitcoin in like 2017, right? And, and other cryptos and everything else. So I bought Bitcoin when it was about 1500 1700 bucks. And there has been significant inflation and I am up several thousand percent. Even if I didn't sell, I'd be up like 1500%. So at this low, at this dump, I would say from a realistic standpoint, depending on when you bought and sold, Bitcoin is actually functioning as a decent hedge against inflation. But if you bought three months ago, then not so much. So, you know, really you have to look at things over a longer period of time. Um, one thing that people are making the mistake of doing, and we've talked about this enough, I don't want to belabor this, but people have this idea that Bitcoin's like, oh, it's, you know, oh, they're printing dollars. It's just going to go up. And when everything crashes, uh, Bitcoin's going to go up and go up and go, well, no, that's not it. We're not at that point of adoption. And we may never be where Bitcoin is simply going to just outperform everything and go up when everything goes down. Bitcoin is still proving itself time and time again to be a risk on asset. And it really is actually a canary in the coal mine. It actually crashes about the same time as tech. Um, so, you know, that's that. Now, the chart that I brought up, um, the cursor says May 16, 2022. I drew this, uh, this chart on the show with three different paths. And it looks like the middle path is the one that's pretty much followed. It's gone way quicker than I thought it would. That's for sure. Um, you know, so it's Bitcoin has moved down a lot quicker. And the financial news that goes around with that, um, we had a heavy CPI print on Friday. It was, I think, over 8%. So it was a percent gain month over month. It was higher than expected. Barclays was calling for a 75 basis uh, point hike. And uh, I'm pretty sure that at this point, the Fed has very little credibility. So now they have to reestablish it by going ahead and hiking when they say they're going to hike. Because a lot of the time they don't do what they say or you know they flim flam. Um, so they went ahead and did a 75 basis point hike, highest hike since 1984, is what they did. Yep. Um, you know, since the Volcker days. Now, you know, we have people that kind of don't really understand some things about macro. Um, they're thinking, well, yeah, like uh, you know, back in the Volcker days, you had to hike at 10% just to to you know make everything make the inflation stop. Like, no, okay, look, and V, I'll, I'll rely on you a little bit about that. Uh, I'll rely on you a little bit for this, but I'm gonna say it in like one sentence. There is like at least two or three more orders of magnitude of leverage since then. <laughs> so, you know, that's like 10, 100, 1,000 times the amount of leverage. So it, uh, an order of magnitude is times 10. I say that in the show. I probably should define it. Two orders of magnitude is times 100. Three is 1,000. So let's just say it's uh, two orders of magnitude, the amount of leverage out there than there used to be. And leverage, folks, what it means for people kind of new to market and everything like that, if I were to say do a trade with 10 times leverage, that means I'm going to borrow 10 times the amount of the money I put in, which is the money I put in is called margin. So if I put in, say, $100 on a trade at a 10x uh, leverage, right, that means that I'm going to borrow 
I think it's either nine, I think it's $900. I will borrow for a total of 10 times my trade. And then the, the counterparty is going to borrow whatever they borrow. But in the end, that money I've borrowed, I pay a small fee for it because I'm in and out of a trade in a pretty short amount of time. And that's what leverage is. It's, it's people basically borrowing money to gamble in most cases. I'll borrow money to trade. It's a little bit different. There's a lot of gamblers out there, but there's so much leverage now that the amount of interest rate hikes that it takes to tame that market is probably, I'm not going to say it's a one-to-one on that leverage, but if we have a hundred times more leverage than we used to, it's probably going to take <laughs> one one hundredth of a hike to have the same effect as it did in the eighties. Uh, v, can you elaborate on that? And and am I hitting the you know? No, am I hitting the nail on the head with that. The nail on the head. I mean, we're the you see a lot of people talk about Volcker's rate hike and all this other stuff, and they and they, and they lose the tr- you know the the tree through the forest. The key thing that helped Volcker was two things. Number one, he wasn't dealing with an over-leveraged market such as that we have today. He wasn't dealing with a market that has been pumped with so much friggin' money through twist and tarp and zerp and quantitative easing, one, two, three, four, five, six to infinity. He wasn't dealing with a derivatized market where things are rev- leveraged 10, 20, 30, 40, 50x. Okay, he wasn't dealing with any of that. So... What he had to do is, yeah, he raised rates, but you got to understand what the thing that made Volcker's thing work, all right? He let interest rates go wherever they would. So in other words, yeah, he raised the rates, and then he just kind of stood back and let it play out in the market and eventually corrected itself. You can't do that. So Jay Jay Powell, again, this is the problem with modern-day theoreticians, modern-day economists, modern-day morons who spend most time in academia never in the real world. They're doing an impression. They're doing a, 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 a knee-jerk, uh, cheap imitation of what has worked before. But this is not 1983 or 84. It's not. It's not 1929. It's worse than 1929. It's worse than 1984. There's no way you're going to be raising, you know, you're going to punt rates at 75 bips and then and then kick back and relax, hopefully corrects itself. No, no, we're in uncharted territory. And here's the scariest thing that I want people to realize. And this is not just for the Fed. It's also for the BOE. It's also for the BOJ. Yep. The BOJ and the ECB. Which that, is for, for everybody. That's the Bank of England, Bank of Japan and the European Central Bank for those Bingo. who don't know. Exactly. And and the and the and the kicker is this: they are this is the first time in history, cowboy, that central banks are absolutely powerless to control the Frankenstein monster that they were involved with creating. This is the first time we are in uncharted territory, literally. And the only thing that the Fed could do right now, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> you ready for the answer, Catboy? Let's hear it. The only thing the Fed could do right now, okay, uh, this rate hike, uh, how is it going to play out in the next several months, next year, going into an election cycle? You're going to see the Fed start. <laughs> you're going to see the Fed start buying stocks, man. Yeah, it'll be a nationalization of the equities market. That's what happened in Japan. Bingo, I, I am convinced. Sixty-five percent of the Tokyo Stock Exchange 
is held by the BOJ. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm telling you, like, if you watch, a sh- there's a, uh, I was talking to Velas about this in the Discord. Um, there is a show called Princes of the Yen. It's free. It's on YouTube. And it actually talks about what happened in Japan, infinite quantitative easing. And the 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 elevator pitch here is that it is an example and a clear illustration of how banking is being used to control societal behaviors. And oh, so yeah. I think I think Japan was the experiment. <laughs> Japan was ahead of us in so many regards with technology. J- Japan being the vassal state and a mischief engine for the uh, the deep state apparatchiks. The other thing that Japan was a petri dish to test a lot of the monetary theories. So especially financial warfare. Japan's uh, the financial warfare coming out of Japan and the Japanese and Tokyo markets were integral in creating ruble hyperinflation that led to the collapse of the Soviet Union. One of the factors. So Japan's always been there. So these guys are literally going to follow what the BOJ is doing. And how is this going to look on the the other side of things, like going into 2024? You know, I think in 2024, we could... At some point, man, I don't know when or how it's going to play out, but this is definite. We're going to head for negative interest rates. We're going to head for universal basic income. It's the only way. So the first, this is the first one, phase one, hiking at 75 bips. Now, how many are we at? We're at 1% now at this point? Oh, no, no. We, we were at, I think, 0.25, hiked up to 0.75. And I think now we're at one and a half, if I'm okay. not mistaken. And I and I had talked to you about it, and I thought things were going to start rattling at one percent. Well, dude, now we're at one and a half, and I'm they're talking about going to four. And look, I think if they go much higher, first of all, back up the the monetary policy tends to take effect like I don't know three, six, eight, ten months a year afterwards. Sure, you see equities go down immediately. You see a few things happen, but what ends up happening is that. Um, in fact, I was I, <laughs> we got a killer trader in the Discord right now. I mean, I haven't seen his trades, but I, I, I we geeked out last night. I didn't even know he was in there. Uh, goes it? by um, Alram95. He's out here uh, mountain time, kind of near me. Nice. And he actually does the opposite of what I do. He uses news. He's one of the few people, and there are few, who can actually predict news and trade it. I do the opposite. I use algorithms, so I ignore news, and I don't trade it. And he and I have some of the same data points. One of the few data points I take, because I don't really do a lot of data points. One of them is that credit is maxed out and the other is that savings are gone. So one of the things we're looking at is, and this is something that, you know, now I have a few charts to go with, but maybe before we get there, I want to address what you talked about with the housing market, because you're saying it's going to get propped up. I'm with you on it. I agree with the logic. I'm wondering if they have the ammo, because right now what's going to happen is as there's a few things that are going to happen as everything tanks people are out of savings they've maxed out their credit this has kind of happened more or less recently so they're going to start liquidating assets now they'll probably liquidate stocks which i think this market crash was designed to get uh, retail out of stocks right and yeah. crypto and everything else and now what they're going to start do is either borrowing against their house or selling their house now they'll borrow and get the equity and then if they lose their job they can't pay and they'll lose their house so either way homes are going to get sold right mm-hmm. and that's a lot of homes so are you convinced that the the powers that shouldn't be because i'm not going to call them the powers that be because that actually 
gives them a title that they don't deserve. The powers that shouldn't be have enough ammunition financially to hold up the housing market. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah. They have the so, ammunition, not an actual monetary liquidity, but because of financial instruments, because of over leveraged credit default swaps and collateralized debt obligations, CDSs and CDOs that have been derivatized tenfold with the back end of mortgage backed securities, they're going to be propping that up. They have to pop that up. Now, can can in the in the short term houses drop maybe uh, 10, 20 percent, 15 percent, 16 percent. That's a yeah. reality. But whatever it's going to drop, see, the, see, banks are the, the the banks are stuck, right? The financial firms and you know Wall Street's kind of stuck here, right? This move by what the Fed did, Jay Powell and the four hundred morons who never saw anything coming—that's always their answer year after year. This is how you know the system is broken and it's and 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 and, and it's uh, manned by morons. Okay, they never see anything coming. The the move, the move by. I'm sorry that I'm laughing this morning. The no, move by, in a certain way, it's it is uh, pervertedly funny, and I say perversion in, in the strictest sense. I don't mean Biden showering with his daughter perverted. I just mean oh, geez, it is weird. It's perverted, dude. So, so the uh, the so so. <laughs> I derailed you. With the, you derailed me. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to that later. So so um. The, the worst thing that Powell could do to Wall Street, he just did. He just did. Okay? So now he's made money more expensive to get for them. So they have to, you know, recalibrate themselves to the new reality that they're dealing with one and a half points. Right? They got to deal with that reality and make those adjustments accordingly. And this is why you're seeing a lot of the sell-off because they're getting out of those positions they're trying to do what again? They're trying to build liquidity. They're trying to get a slush fund going to go back in at some point. What that point looks like, I don't know. But long term, before this thing pops up, everything has to rise again. So the, the, the we're in this weird cycle where everything is going out. Everybody's thinking this is the mother of all crashes that we're witnessing. It's not. It's not. We're in a weird phase over here. There is going to be a point where all these guys come back in, but I don't know at, at, at which point that will be. In July next month, I will have more data, and then we can, you know, all, all of us can come back on the show and, and talk about it even further. But as it stands right now, I don't know exactly what this is going to look like and how this is going to play out in tw into 2023. But, dude, this is literally a lot of people are putting on their depends. It is poopy pants time, bro. Poopy pants. Yeah. And, and this is a reminder, like everything we're talking about here is all educational purposes. None of this is investment advice. So please consult a licensed investment advisor before putting your money on markets. You know, you can lose your money if you risk it. So that being said, um, yeah, I, I remember you and I talked about this uh, a month or two ago that you were yep. going to get some more data. Um, although and now that we've seen this chart, I'll move back into the charts and there's a couple more charts I do want to show here. Um, let's see if I can stop sharing and then i'm gonna share this chart here i need to figure out how to switch from window to window without like killing the charts oh do uh the geez i have you know it's funny i have a mac but i'm running off of windows mechanical keyboard well, i'm doing so brave it's... tabs if i do oh. brave tabs it's better because uh there's a lot of reasons for that um that's right i got brave this. is racist i don't want to use brave, uh... brave, 
Racist. It's racist. Yeah. Transphobic browser. <laughs> um, the new right, browser so, out, by the way. Uh, we'll go. Yeah, I, I need. Well, I'm pretty good with Brazer. Uh, Brazer, good lord. Brazer? I'm pretty good with Brave. Brazer. <laughs> Bra- the Brazer's Edge. Not. I use Brave. I've used it for a long time. I have it set to um, you know, hyper private, which means there's some functionality loss. But I don't want to get too real. Super racist. Super but, racist. Yeah. yeah. You, you need if you if you don't share your data with everybody, you're Hitler. You're racist. You, you're what racist. What do you have to hide, cowboy? What the hell's wrong? Yeah. With I don't know. <laughs> Um, so here we are now, VJ, I, I sent this to you. Like, I don't know. I, first of all, I get up at two 30 in the morning. Did you just create a new um, name? The, what's that? <laughs> VJ. The, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. Where I, came from. Okay. Um, I like I it. I just came back. Yeah. Hey man, I don't know. Don't share my private name. Cause it rhymes with BJ. All right, so, so I, I my sent Spanish this... friends call me Bihota. <laughs> all right <laughs> that was good um i sent this to you uh at like three o'clock in the morning or something i'm sorry whatever it was i sent it to you this was like two days ago oh yeah i remember um, this remember this and oh, yeah. I, I did share it with my private group um that's just a group of friends and i that you know we've been doing this a long time and uh long story short my blue path i thought it was gonna be yellow because the cpi print hadn't i told yet. you to redo this with a brown path you don't listen to me Oh, believe me, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I did. Um, You know, and here's the thing about it. Like the blue path was the most severe and it went even deeper than that. It was due to CPI print and then Barclays and, you know, the the rate hike. Okay, so everything's happening more quickly. There is a silver lining to that. Um, And the quicker it dumps, usually the quicker it comes up. So but um, there's something that I sent to V and this part of the chart wasn't in it, I had a good support if things were to dip below the current 21. Yep. Um, actually, I, I use um, a fixed range to look at gaps and volume nodes, and basically uh, 14, 15,000 was a good support. Yep. And then the next one's like down around seven or eight. And then V, yep. you told me something right as I sent that, you go ahead and, and you said it on the show two days ago, but you might as well repeat it about those price levels. What did you hear? Uh, all right. So 21 at 21,000 on the dot, you have MicroStrategy and a bunch of other firms that are leveraged at that key point. BTC slips below that. They're going to be dumping a, a good amount of their shares to reposition themselves because the next free fall is what I'm talking about. And this is the range they gave me. So you could be as liberal as well. And it fits in with what Cowboy was saying, right? We're looking at between 6,000 and 16,000. And that smacks right in that same range that Cowboy's talking about. Cowboy's got more of the specificities of it. I give you the more generalities of it in terms of the, um, what's it called, the, the fundamentals. So that's what we're looking at, right? So it is uh, quite interesting. But it's not going to stay there for long. This, we thought there was going to be a consolidation in the market. We haven't seen nothing yet. You're, you're going to see the most amount of consolidation occur in Bitcoin history within the next few price drops. And then we start a new super cycle. Good, Cowboy. Yeah, I just, as you were talking, I mapped it out. So this first arrow goes to 21,000, which is where we basically are. Um, and then this box is uh, now structurally, and you know, I'll go ahead and share how Did I do you this. make the box so- brown, please? A brown <laughs> Come on, just do it once. Brown box. That's a like, brown- uh, that, that sounds like a movie I do not hey, want. We are allies. We are allies. We can do brown boxes. It's okay. <laughs> can we I want you to refer to me as ally, <laughs> ally V. <laughs> that sounds so like that sounds so yes, hilarious. Ally dude. V. I am Ally V. 
That's kind of brown. It's more like orangish brown, which could that. be That's the right color. There. It's brown there So it there it is. So yeah, this is that area. Now, mind you, things don't go in a straight line. It could do a lot of different things, right? We could see price. Uh, let me remove these uh, yellow fat arrows here so we can illustrate better. Uh, a lot of different scenarios. Uh, you're talking about a long consolidation. Yep. So we net right now are looking at a monthly chart. So mind you, this is 2021. This is 2022, 2023. So we're looking at a pretty long-term situation here. Um, so the way I think it's most likely going to go, and it really depends. I mean, look, are they going to turn the cheap money back on before the election? Or are they going to let the Democrats just lose their butts? And, I, I, and again, the, what, what, the, the demon hats are going to be done. Biden's done two things. He's pissed off Wall Street. And he's pissed off. He's pissed off big oil. And he's pissed his pants. That's what I heard. And he pissed his pants. So I think that you know, <clears throat> depending on what's going to happen. I, by the way, uh, I like CJ's cautionary tone in that just because the uh, the Republicans win doesn't mean that everything's going to go back to normal. It's actually probably a problem because a lot of people will go back to sleep. So that's very um, prescient of CJ. Um, but I think that look, okay, so let's just say price breaks like right now, it'll it'll head down here, and I'm gonna fatten this uh, this out, maybe play around, and I think it'll head back up pretty quickly, like V just said. And a as we talked about the uh, you know the quicker it falls, the quicker it comes back up, right? So that tends to be the case. But it could do oh my gosh, it could do like anything. It can uh, it can come down, bounce up, you know, it can uh, it can say just consolidate down in that low range like for a long time and then eventually make its way back up um and that w either of those scenarios would fit in with like a wyckoff which wyckoff tends to be how things work it's wyckoff you can ask me about in discord I'm not going to go into too much detail um so anyway that's the and this is gonna more or less <clears throat> it's matching what i talked about two weeks ago or three weeks ago when i mapped it out in the show before all the crap happened that happened like two or three days ago I talked about all that crap that was going to happen uh, two weeks before it did and months before it did. So, you know, again, approach me on Discord if you, if you, you know, kind of want some specifics. I'm happy to talk about that. Um, hey, uh, text me your Discord link. There's a few people I want to send your way. I was just uh, hit me up in the in the uh, Rogue Discord. I'm in there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's easier that way. Look for Crypto Cowboy. Easy to find. Um, so <clears throat> let me see if I can actually share. I, I want to share this tab i'm going to give everybody a quick sneak preview of the algo we're going to move on give me one second here share screen i don't really show this too often and that is because oh man it's the full i monty. worked hard on this what's that it's the full monty the full monty yeah it should be populating here right now so wow. what you're looking at is the yeah that is that's beautiful. Look at that. Yeah, you know what? No, don't you get too that? excited. Oh yeah, I've been, I've been making this for three years, Dude, so it's no. it, it's an evolving thing. But understand that, like, okay, so we should make a lot of these on this. <laughs> a lot of these on the bottom, one or one or two of these, I'm not using. So there's a little more on here than I use, right? But I like to keep indicators on there. So I can meant like my mind works in the background to compile them and all of a sudden be like, oh, I can use this. So I, I have stuff on there that I'm not actively using. It's not, you know, okay, this looks impressive. It's not that impressive. Um, I've built it over several years. It's just using basic open 
uh, source indicators. I teach people how to build algorithms like this. But what I do, and this is a little bit of a secret into what I do, is I use four different time frames. And my time frames are different than most people's time frames. People use like the four hour, the daily, the weekly. Um, you know, I don't do that. I use a three hour. I use the 18 hour, the five day. So I do things a little bit differently because people who are using everything the same as everybody else, they get stuffed, right? So again, this is the algorithm I built. And just based on this monthly chart that I'm going to explode right now, make it easier to see, what we're actually seeing is some very, very bearish activity. It's a little hard to see. Approach me on Discord again if you want more details. But this MACD, and I'm going to blow this up a little bigger because that's the operative one right now. This MACD, it's separating like this. Um, this elder is red as well. That indicates the MACD is separating. And when the MACD touches the zero line, that is extremely bearish. Um, what is going to happen here is not looking like the bulls are going to do well. So that's just a little insight into what I do alg algorithmically. Um, so for those that don't know what an MACD is, that's the monthly movie moving average convergence to uh, do divergence. divergence. Yeah, that's right. So, and, and that's, I mean, these, it's just math, you know, and I don't need to know the math. I do know it, but I don't need to, um, you know, I have a degree in calculus based statistics. Like these are things I get. Um, so let me go ahead and move on though. I know we probably want to move on to some other things in the show. I love I the I'll fact that for pride month, you put as much rainbow colors on there as possible. Oh yeah, that was on you, purpose. You are truly an ally. I'm, I'm gonna call ally. you Ally Cowboy. I don't want to no, call CJ it. an ally because he's too busy, go, you know, working on his toxic masculinity. CJ, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Can't stand. I'm it. actually convert him. I'm, I'm, I'm crypto cowly. No, you're a cow person. I want cow you to get rid of the boy. It's not gender affirming, and make a crypto cow person. Okay, I, I'll, I'll go back. To it. We did that. We did that for a show. We did. Um, maybe we go back to because it, it's Pride Month. Metaverse characters. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm we can do the show in the metaverse now. Hey, that why don't we do that? Sweet. That's a great idea. Let's do a show in the metaverse. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, and we'll we'll live stream from the metaverse. Create a token for it. That listeners have to participate. They have to have the token. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, well, the token will be a banana. A banana token. <laughs> A banana token. We'll have somebody bend over in front of this chart because this chart's about to, to, to go deep. Oh boy. Um, so we got, uh, I'm going to bring up in Q1. So NASDAQ, and this came from the gentleman I was talking about earlier in discord, Alrem 95. Um, so one data point that he had about the NASDAQ, and this is actually the NASDAQ 101. As soon as I get it up on the screen, excuse me, let's go to uh, share screen and we'll go to brave tab and in Q1. Um, NASDAQ is the most shorted index. Well, this is an index. NASDAQ is actually, yeah, it's an index. It's the most shorted index by managers right now. And the reason is NASDAQ is tech and everybody got into tech thinking it would go up forever because people are cattle. And tech is that, forever. It's forever. So one thing to notice here, okay, these bars getting longer, that's a lot of volatility. This is a lot of 401ks. This is a lot of uh, stimmies. This is a lot of, of cattle buying into tech and a lot of wash trading by uh you know your uh institutionals right yep when when you have this hard move up that is fueled by a lot of retail the smart money is using that buying pressure to exit so the reason that i think 
conspiratorially, a lot of 401ks are just pumping money into market nonstop all the time, all the time. I think that was designed in part to create buying pressure for the institutionals to be able to get out when they want and to actually inflate everything. Um, so that's just a, that's tinfoil hat, maybe, maybe not, but you can see the volatility of the downside to this. These bars are dumping and using, um, this is how I determine real quick. Cause I know people call me John Madden. Cause I say, Oh, price is going to go here. And I don't really talk about how I know. So we'll do really quick fixed range volume profile. I go from a bottom, which is right here to the top. And I go longer term. It depends whatever it is, but I go with market cycles, right? So from a low to a high is essentially a market cycle. Some people say a low. Oh, I low. love how you do the yellow and the blue over there. Oh, yeah. Solidarity with some... Ukraine. I see that. Yep. I see that. Pride Month. You got the Ukraine thing going. Dude, I love it. You are an ally. Go ahead. I am a cow lie. So <laughs> here we have it. One thing to, to know how I determine where price is going to stop moving everybody in crypto and i don't know why this is i did it in the beginning too because i was just like mimicking people um but everybody in crypto seems to think that those breaks in volume right those little gaps where i draw this box so this is volume nodes a lot of volume here not much volume there this is historical i determine the area where that volume is compiled approach me on discord if this doesn't make any sense to you those gaps in volume everybody seems to think the price is attracted to those to fill that in. And I used to think that too, but uh, it was over at Neuro Street that your buddy Sean over at Neuro Street actually yeah. taught me that it's the opposite in that price is actually repelled by those gaps in volume. Mm -hmm. So price may bounce from the NQ1 at like 10,500-ish. And if it goes down, now it is attracted to the volume nodes. And this is a point of control where most of the volume was. So price may actually go down to 7,500. But with that momentum, if the market still is what it is, if monetary policy is unaccommodative, um, 5,000 might be your target. Now I got some other charts, but they all look like this. Okay, so to, to, to kind of wrap up the charts for the day, what I would say is that is, and this is so like basic, everybody, as long as monetary policy is unaccommodative, we're going to continue to see these dumps. That's as simple as that. And if you want to have any idea of where these dumps might start, uh, stop. Approach me over at the Rogue Discord. We can talk about it. Um, so the only other uh, bit I had, let's see. Actually, no, that, that's about all I had for charting. So uh, anything else, V, that uh, we want to cover in the financial world? No, I think world? We've, we've covered the, the market aspect of things. And I guess we can just start jumping into the news. Well, there's uh, those uh, American fighters that got captured in Ukraine. Playing uh, stupid just, games. Just real quick on the on the financial. When, when LARPing goes wrong, go ahead, CJ. No, just real quick on the financial perspective, uh, because I think there's a few things that are important here. Is that if, in regards to a lot of the financial analysts, a lot of the the forecasting, so forth, that unless you live through the world currency reserve pivots and the changes through that process, you know, it, everything nowadays has to be thrown out the window in terms of traditional micro macro economics, the Bingo. way that's evolving. Uh, because I don't unless unless you were alive during 1920s to witness that that pivot away from the U.S. dollars, it's tough to gauge what that change is going to be, especially for the pundits that are that are out there. So that's see, that's yeah, I, I was alive in the 1920s. So again, that's when this happened. You know, again, the last time the, the world reserve currency change was the, the 1920s, went away from the sterling from uh, Britain to the United States. We know by far that that's occurring. You know, right now as other countries, and that's something that no matter what the Fed does in regards to rate, 
it's not going to impact that. It, it it's not going to change that point that right now raising rates as a as an instrument to battle the inflation that they're hedging it, it it doesn't change anything because we don't produce anything. There's there's nothing here that's systematically going to going to change that inflation rate that's occurring. Uh, the second piece of that is looking to why it's important that the, the the rate increase and what it's going to impact is is one is 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 corporate debt. You know, corporate debt today is a higher rate than it's nearly ever been in in several several years. And in fact, I think it's it's a record of of two point two eight trillions of bonds and loans that have been issued uh, since twenty twenty, and it's just going up. So so what does that mean? We know that's been reported here on Rogue that many of the companies. Don't even make any profit. Uh, v, what'd you say the last estimate was of just it's o- over forty percent, man? That's a conservative estimate. I'm thinking anywhere between fifty to sixty percent of they they don't make any companies on the Dow make no money. Oh, they, Apple has uh, Apple has borrowed over a trillion dollars to buy back their own stock. Is that wonderful? Yeah. So so when you consider that factor alone, look at look at how that's going to impact the, Wall Street. So how are these corporations that are already barely making any profit? They're, they're borrowing money because at one time it, it was said that, you know, you don't want to be a corporation, not have any debt because then you're going to be hedged for, for a potential takeover. So you want some debt to leverage there, which, you know, some debt is good as long as it's managed properly. But we know many companies struggle to accomplish that. So so raising rates is only going to make it more difficult for these corporate corporations to to pay that pay back that debt. So I think we will start to see probably a lot of insiders begin to leverage something that's not really well monitored in the stock market itself, because I'm not sure how they account for it. About 10 years ago, probably more than that, probably 20 years ago, a lot of compensation plans pivoted from cash compensation into stock options. And I, and I was part of that. Like I think at one time, you know, had a couple hundred thousand dollars in stock options that were granted to me. And why I'm saying that is because think of what happens when these executives start looking at this and saying, you know what, the, the bottom fell out. Maybe they already did. If they were smart, they, they did. They started, you know, cashing out on their options. So what's going to happen once that takes place, that's only going to drive that stock price down you know, even more because that's going to be more cash that's coming out of these corporations. And again, it can't truly be measured in terms of how many as, as a percentage of stocks of options that companies have issued. And I'm talking about middle managers. I'm, I remember back in my CVS days, you know, we issued stock options to store managers because we, again, we just took it away from the cash because it was, you know, hey, look, this is your cash compensation. Here's your benefits. Here's your your stock options. And you make a hundred grand a year, right? Because they just, it, it, you know, we, we, we build this benefit package to make it look, you know, just, you know, so great, right? So, so that's one factor. The other thing in regards to the housing market, because I've been driving around a little bit. And mm. what I've noticed is, and I and I think I live in a, peri- a pretty affluent area. It's, it's it's a very attractive area for people to, to buy a lot. Yeah, of don't tell areas. people that we live in ghettos, okay? <laughs> don't let them know. It's that, a very so. it's a very affluent area, and there's a lot of people wanting to move to move here. And what I'm don't starting move to here. notice, yeah, I'll send notice, you. A, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a new can of paint for your trailer, CJ. Yeah. I'm starting to notice a lot more homes on the market, a significant amount more. As I'm driving through some of these neighborhoods, I'm looking. I'm also starting to see some, and it concerns me, is a few homes that aren't so well maintained on the outside. In other words, the, the, the yard is like, you know, 14 or 15 inches of grass. It, it reminds me back to those days. Did when you drive by my house? Maybe, <laughs> potentially, <laughs> potentially. Maybe that already there's some beginning process and you alluded to it, Cowboy, when you said people losing jobs and not being able to pay their mortgages, that maybe we're starting to get a little bit of that trickling in where we're starting to see a little bit of the foreclosures uptick. I don't have any data to prove that, but, but potentially, and we know that foreclosure rates 
can make a significant impact on, on a community, a neighborhood. So one thing to monitor. The other thing we had that's going to impact it is the, the raise, the, the increase in, in arms. You know, I remember back in 20, 2008 when we had many employees from the Midwest that were relocating out to California, some of my, my best friends were taking out interest-bearing only loans on these million-dollar homes in, in California because it's all they could afford. And why did they do that? Because they were told. They were told, hey, listen, do an interest-bearing only loan because you're going to be able to sell this house for like $100,000, $200,000 more in less than one year. And so they bought interest-bearing loans only, and they did it that on, on arms, adjustable oh, uh, mortgage rates. Yeah, that's why they got stuffed. So so, so those have been on the increase, and, and we've, we've noticed that. So how, mu- how many times have you heard a realtor say, now's the best time to, to buy homes for fix-up? I had a friend that, that owns a few homes, and they told me that they were approached that you know, they wanted to buy it on contract and, and you know, just pay a certain amount only because they were going to flip it in, in several years. So how many homes are out there that are owned by non uh, people living in those? And are they going to be running into that problems of not being able to uh, pay those adjustable rate mortgages once once they hit? So there's there's numerous factors to place it to place this into the, the equation of which, like I said, none of us have probably lived through of what that change is going to be. Um, you know, the there's thing, so it, much. Oh, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. No, go ahead. You, you got so much good stuff in here, CJ, that I, I, I've i got some things that I want to just quickly do as far as. Well, the we can history, just make an economic show. I think we should at this point just make it about yeah, economics. Yeah, let's, let's go the, for it. The, the, the other thing to, to take into consideration before you, you know, jump into, into cryptos and everything is I encourage everyone, you know, especially if you're struggling to make ends meet, if you're trying to make money for, you know, go for it. It's up to you. But I encourage you to take a moment and, and go to your uh, local. Um, uh, you know, not necessarily grocery store, but the the, the markets, whatever they call them, the, the the fresh food markets, and find out what you can get and what it's what it's worth to someone there. Because again, I just I think in the in the perspective, I think what we're heading towards is a is a, is a very monumental shift that's occurring in our, in our country, and we have to brace for it. Is it is it is it next year? Is it three to five years? I don't know at this point. Uh, I just know that that you can take all of a lot of historic data. And throw that the window. I, rem- I remember when I worked for J.P. Morgan Chase, and you know, I had to go through some of the licensing programs to do it. They didn't want me to be licensed at that point because I was in the retail side of banking, and and they they try to keep a fine line between investment and retail banking. You know, you're not supposed to cross those lines. But you'd be surprised, like how many of those licensed uh, bankers that they had that were were actually doing investments over. They don't manage your money. All they do is simply bring you in. All they do is bring the money in. They show you a historic chart that, you know, this is the history cycle of the market. This is what's going to do. And then they put that in a fund that's strictly managed at, at, at corporate level, but, you know, in New York by, you know, you know whatever manager. So, so it's, it's very interesting times that we're living through. And, and, I, and I think that with the Fed and their, their reaction, I think it's just the beginning. And oh, I yeah. think, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to, pa- they're in panic mode right now because, they have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Go, go ahead, Cowboy. Sorry. Oh, no, no, dude. This is great. So you gave me like four four things I had to write down. The first one was the reserve history to go back to that, right? So I know Velas talks about how civilization has amnesia um, oh, yeah. from 10,000 or 20,000 or how many years. Actually, that amnesia is also applicable to a life cycle. So 80, a hundred years, people forget everything. Yep. Now, the fact that like, for example, with the coof, the fact that we did have some people alive still from Nazi Germany era, they were able to see that people like it was the, the, you know, the unjabbed were being treated like the Jews were in Germany. And a lot of Jewish people were pointing that out. 
well, this, you know, the fact that they're still alive is a big part of why we didn't end up worse than we did, I think. Secondly, um, to apply that to the history of the world reserve currencies, market, everything like that, I don't think there are too many people alive today, and many of them are, are jabbed and unconscious, like Biden, where they can actually remember what it was like in the Great Depression, how the crash happened. Certainly, no nobody alive today had money in the market and remembered how it went. So, you know, it's, it, I know, oh my gosh, I got this group of normies I talk about on the show. It's my buddy's bachelor party. And, you know, so we're in like a text group and they're all normies. Some of them leftists, some of them think they're conservative. Anyway, so they're talking about like two weeks ago. Oh yeah, it's going to be a great day for stocks. Everybody's buying the dip. I'm like, you guys, this is not what I, <laughs> I am not buying the dip. I'm not buying any. <laughs> and this is, this is what I do for a living, you guys. And I put out a chart and I'm like, the end. sure enough, all these guys, oh, I bought, I bought more Tesla at 900. Like, it's supposed to go up. Like, you guys, here's the problem. People are cattle. Yep. I'm cattle. I think I'm just a little bit smarter. I was telling uh, that other trader on, on Discord that I mentioned, I was telling him, I'm cattle, but I know where the electric fence is and I know not to piss on it. So, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not cattle, but people get used to these trends, right? And the trend has been that things have been just going up and it's been going up. And this, you know, kind of talks about the arm loans. So this talks about the, uh, the debt bubble that CJ brought up, which is the next thing. And this leads into that. So corporate debt, I was told by somebody who's pretty high up in things uh, financially, you know, uh, some pretty, I don't, I'm not going to go into who he is because I can't, but long story short, he said that the, the next landmine is might be corporate debt and or uh, dude, corporate paper is next. Corporate yeah. paper is next. And when corporate paper goes pop, Whoo-wee. Look, here's the thing. Make it really simple. Like we've been printing money out of thin air. I think most of us on the show know that that's totally just that's what's been causing inflation in a certain sense, certainly in asset prices. Um, and I think that's been bleeding into core inflation. So when you print money, it doesn't include it doesn't uh, make more wealth. Money and wealth are two totally different things. So when you print all that money and you put it into corporate debt, that means that it's not adding wealth to these corporations. And in fact, it's over leveraging them and it's toxic. And let me tell you that word contagion, you're going to start hearing that. And you're going to start hearing it in October. And the last point, and this, this I literally thought of, uh, but while we were talking, while CJ, while you were talking and what's going to happen when people like run out of money, can't pay their mortgages, things like that. Oh, uh, avian flu pandemic. We're going to freeze foreclosures and we're going to forbear all payments. So I, I would not be surprised to see another scamdemic come along to be uh, something to put the brakes on everything, you know, everybody losing their homes like it, like it did in 2020. And that's, those are my thoughts. I'd be interested to hear, you know, what everybody else thinks about that. Yeah. I mean, um, Look, I know the, that's kind of out there with the scandemic. I know that's not that no, wasn't on the look. I mean, we, we just had check this out. Let's just pop this in there. Siege, uh, I don't know if you have this posted. I haven't checked the private chat as of yet. Uh, what, uh, doorbell. Is he back? Siege, are you back? Siege went to his door. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's back. All right. So anyway, it's pretty interesting because you had uh, top virologist Greet Vandenbosch. Okay who's a guy who uh, builds and designs vaccines from scratch. And I'm building Greet, the vaccines. I'm great. Yes. And I built some. Yeah. Yeah. Him. He is the one who's building all the vaccines. And one of the yeah. things that he says is he predicts that it's going to be a deadlier COVID variant 
for the vaccinated within the next two months. Okay. Oh, RFK wrote about uh, um, pathogenic priming in his oh, book. So people, you know about this, right? Dude, I, I got to rip through that book. I mean, you've been loving that book. I haven't got a chance to tear oh, into dude, it yet. I'm loving it. I can only, okay, look, everybody, just time out. We're going to get back to greet and, and, the, and we need to get back to that. But the RFK's book, The Real Anthony Fauci, I knew it came out. Vela's told me to read it. I can, I can go through a percent of it before I want to do very bad things. Cause I get so upset because I thought I knew what was going on. I don't know a fraction of it. This book lays it out. And the great thing about this book is that it has footnotes and it uses government data. And if anybody wants to like tell you, you don't know what you're talking about, say, Hey, read this book and F off. So go ahead V. Yeah. Pathogenic priming. Pathogenic priming. Correct. So Dr. Greet, renowned virologist and vaccine creator issued a warning that experimental gene based COVID-19 vaccine camp, which by the way, folks, there is no FDA-approved COVID vaccine in operation in the United States. That is the sleight of hand that Pfizer was able to get away with. Same thing with Moderna and Johnson & Johnson. They are all still under EAU. So, Cominati bait-and-switch. Exactly. Cominati bait-and-switch. Cominati was the one that was cleared by the FDA for use in the U.S., for COVID-19, but we don't have Cominardi. Not a single dose of Cominardi has ever been given to anyone in the United States. So this is that's how you know something nefarious is going on, right? So, uh, the guy, Greet, okay, who is the top vir- you know, vaccine developer on planet Earth, and he, the guy builds it from scratch, right? He says, uh, he said, uh, warning that experimental gene-based COVID-19 vaccine campaigns will cause emergence of a new highly violent and infectious COVID-19 variant within the next two months, which will serve to crash the healthcare system. All right, let's take a step back. One thing that you don't do in a pandemic, according to whatever doctor he was talking about in that book, is you don't use a leaky vaccine in and during a pandemic. So leaky vaccine is one that actually doesn't have 100% effectiveness. Mind you, I don't think any of them do. But in particular, we know this one doesn't. Um, So yeah, if you use a leaky vaccine during a pandemic, the problem, I should not be saying that word, but whatever. The problem is, is that you get variants, right? Let's not go too far into that. Go ahead, V. I'm sorry. So he was talking about that. Now, Now, here's the thing. Okay. We already know there's a whole mess of young people that are dropping dead like flies. Okay. No, no, it's adult sudden oh. adult death syndrome. It has nothing to do with jabs. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, show's over. Have a good day, folks. Oh, I dude, I've completely screwed that up. I I, I thought I I thought everything, nope, was, nope, everything it's was normal. Fine. Yeah, yeah, just like uh just like Al Pacino said in Heat, you could get killed walking your doggy. <laughs> That's right. You can just walk your doggy and die. Yeah. From sudden adult death syndrome. It's a new thing. Yeah, there's killing, a case from 2019. It, it was before the pandemic, and it happened oh. to a guy in 2019. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. So totally normal. Yeah. yeah. So then we have all these sports stars dropping dead as well. Heart attacks, or they're having cardiac. Ar- now, what happens, folks? They're already having leaking vaccines. They're already, like, shedding spike proteins. There's already... 
immune system is going on. We're already talking about vaccine-induced immune-acquired uh, deficiency syndrome, VATES, right? Like a vaccine-induced there, there are uh, health insurance company CEOs talking about that. So, I mean, look, these aren't Billy Bob tinfoil hat conservative uh, – I'm sorry, uh, conspiracy corner. These are insurance no. health insurance company CEOs talking about VADES. Yep, exactly. So they're talking about VADES. Now, what happens that this bug, which is just like a a slightly different flu. I want to say it's more deadly. Or there's no metric saying that COVID is more deadly than flu. None whatsoever. What if this bug, which for those of us who haven't taken the jab, is just nothing but having a, a, a cold, a flu, or sometimes hardly any, maybe a scratchy throat or maybe itchy nose, right? Well, to be to be fair, right, to yeah. be fair, CDC does have it at two or three times more deadly than flu. That's okay. CDC data, okay? okay? Which is nothing. It's not worth shutting down the company. All right, uh, the so, so we went from 0.00001% to 0.00013%. Well, let's, something yeah, like something like that. Okay. <laughs> not quite, but yeah. <laughs> okay. It was 0.001 to 0.003. Okay. Dangerous. So th- this would be something that would kill somebody who's immunocompromised, you're old, you're elderly, you have about 3.6 comorbidities, which is what the CDC data Shows as oh, well. No, now, no, nobody died of the flu back in 2020, by the way. No, no, flu you, disappeared. Uh, flu took a flu break. Did you know yeah. that? Flu yeah. went on vacation. I don't know if you knew that. It, dude, I told you. I told you about this cowboy. I have exclusive photographs of the flu hanging out in Cancun on the beach. He took yeah. the entire year off, bro. Yeah, the flu caught herpes down there. And he got the clap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he blasted it with some penicillin and some meds, and now he's good. He's good. He told me he's good for uh, 2023 and 2022. Okay, he's go. actually good for 2022. And going That's into right. like 2023, he's going to be good. That's right. Okay, so we don't have to worry about that. So what happens this flu season when the COVID makes a resurgence, right? What happens to everybody that's jabbed, who's already had the jab in their systems for the last several months, Oh, can you can you go over pathogenic priming? I don't think we ever really talked about you, that. You, no, go ahead. You, you, so, pathogenic me. priming is the effect of a leaky jab, where it actually will cause the opposite effect of an intended jab, where it makes you more susceptible um, to the pathogen as opposed to less susceptible. So, it makes you more likely to catch it. Bingo. A little bit about Great Vandenbosch. He is considered one of the most talented vaccine creators in the world. Okay, he is somebody that works for the Global Alliance for Vaccines and Immunization. So this is not an anti-vaccine conspiracy theorist. This is a re- this is a scientist, decorated, decorated, specialized, specialized. specialized. He's yeah. not a dumbass bureaucrat like Anthony fucking Fauci, who's been sitting around in, in, in an office jerking off all day with the AIDS monkeypox virus on a on a shlemiel. That's not that, that's not what this guy is. So in a May 18 interview, okay, Vandenbosch said that in the next two months, which puts us probably around like the July-August time frame, which is primo COVID season, I expect an explosion of this virulent variant in one of these highly vaccinated countries. And then it will go very, very fast. Cowboy and CJ, what is one of the most vaccinated countries in the world? Gibraltar. Bingo. Took the words out of my mouth. When you see people in Gibraltar, which was already an elderly population, and they suddenly start dropping like flies, you know what it is. 
Gibraltar, of- Mauritius. These yep. are, by the way, the, the most uh, the most jabbed countries in the world happen to also be British protectorates and British financial havens. By Ooh, the way, let's tax not forget Australia. Oh yeah, that's not. <laughs> that's just <laughs> that 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 became right. a penal colony again in yeah. 2020. <laughs> it was started it, that way, and now it's going to end that way. We're talking about Australia. We put the penal in penal, and that's how we do it. And we're going right, to get. Hey. Right. Oh, with the head, I didn't want to get a jab, so they they put me over in this camp. Uh, I'm not sound like a Kiwi, but that's all right. They put me over in this camp, and it's not a concentration camp. It's not. It's uh, what is it? Camp enduring freedom or something like that. But it's not a concentration it's camp. A re- we can leave. Right. We it's can a resilient leave. center. That's resilient center. That's right. resilient center. Right. And and that's and I'll tell you, if I try to leave, it's a problem. But it's not a concentration camp. It's not a concentration camp. And, you know, in Australia, we like to put the penal in penal, folks. That's what, right. That's what we do. Crikey. Crikey. May 18th. Okay, so according to us, there is a resulting suppression. And this is what the, what the jab is doing. This is what this jab situation is. And this is why these guys that work for Pfizer should be lined up and shot. They should be lined up and shot with jabs. With jabs and and, and 20, it, 20 of them all at 20 once, 20 of them all the same. And we should put it on pay per view and watch them die. I would pay to see that. I would, I want to see Bill Gates die like that with like 20, 30 injections in his ass. And we watch the side effects as he as he passes out. No, dead. no, there's no side effects. It is oh, safe wait, and safe. effective. It's safe and effective. So are puberty blockers, by the way. I don't know if you knew that, you racist, <laughs> sexist, <laughs> transphobe. You're not an ally. <laughs> No, no, I'm, t- I'm taking them now, and my my I I I went through puberty 30 years ago, but I'm gonna block it anyway. I'm gonna start putting them in the in the CJ's uh, protein drink before we go to the gym. You hear me, Siege? I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> it. <laughs> oh man! So according to the theory, right? So what's happening is we're having resulting suppression. I'm gonna tie this into the economic stuff real quick, right? We're having a resulting suppression of innate immunity in many individuals who have been injected with these experimental products, which neither eradicate nor... <laughs> you know, these idiots are so dumb. And this is how we're living in clown world. When you take the jab, when you've been jabbed and boosted, okay, so you're, you're three shots in, and some morons like Fauci are four shots in, and they test positive for COVID, they're telling you, and they get sick, that, oh, the vaccine works. How do you over? I'm sick with COVID. I, it works. <laughs> All right. I mean, they literally turned a hundred years of vaccine, hundred plus years of vaccine studies on its head by the by these recent admissions, right? So these vaccines neither eradicate nor prevent the transmission of the virus will lead to what's going known what he's terming as immune escape. This concept proposed that vaccinated people will continue to be infected. Oh man, this is the this is the terrible thing, man. And why they want to give it to kids, bro? It pisses me off. Like I want to end these mfers like so bad. This is what kills me. The concept and look, man. There, there's some parents that are just fucking idiots, and there, there's some parents that just don't know because you know what? It's a hard life. They're busy working two and three jobs. Yeah, they're and busy they're trying to put with. It's hard. Now, barrage. You got George Floyd, and then you got riots, and then you got election theft, and then you got Trump derangement syndrome. You got so many things. They, so they don't have things. time. They yeah, don't. They're have not like time. us who. Yeah. Anyway. So 
the concept proposes that the, the, the people will continue to be infected with and shed the virus, which due to the pressure exerted by the experimental COVID-19 vaccine will accumulate large number of mutations, in turn creating variants which are far more virulent and can no longer be controlled by the vaccines. In other words, they themselves become walking bioweapons labs. Well, yeah, now a virology 101, like basic stuff you can look up. Generally, a virus, as it mutates, tends to, not always, but tends to mutate to something weaker. Yes. And the reason is, is that when a virus is really strong, uh, the host organism, humans in this case, will tend to find a way to avoid infection, which will mean that that virus will not be very successful because humans are avoiding infection. So they tend to evolve to be weaker so that humans are less likely to uh, isolate and more likely to be infected. Yeah, absolutely. Survival feature. But this this is negating a survival feature. No, this is negating it completely. This is how we know it. Again, it's a bioweapon whose footprints don't go to Wuhan, China. It actually goes back to Fort Detrick, Maryland. And I've said it million time, millions of times UNC. on this show. What? UNC, too. Yeah, UNC, correct. And I've said it a million times on the show that in sept- August and September of 2019, before the January 20-some-odd uh, January 20, whatever, where we where the Wuhan lab thing happened, right? In August and September, we were finding antibodies from COVID-19 within the American sewage system in nine different states. And if you remember, August was the month where all of a sudden people were being checked into hospitals with vaping disease. Vapes were causing lungs to collapse and people being thrown on vents. You all remember that brushed oh, yeah. under the, the carpet, right? In addition, Van and Ma, uh, Bosch hypothesized that vaccinated themselves will be particularly vulnerable to these dangerous variants. Since the specific antibodies of these millions of people have acquired to combat the original COVID-19 virus will compete with and weaken their natural immunity while providing no protection against these newly highly, highly virulent infectious variants. He announced that he has recently written a 45-page scientific assessment. So the top guy of the top guys, all right, the the, the top G, has put out a 45-page scientific assessment of how the virus is evolving to not only being highly infectious, but highly virulent and even resistance to all kinds of vaccines. So the only thing you have is your immune system. When asked if this paper was submitted to a publication for peer review, Vandenbosch told the news that through email correspondence that there's no time for peer review and that business will no longer be as usual. The world ought to hear my message now and not in three or four months from now. In the key message section of the document, the Belgian veterinarian scientist emphasizes his expectation that these new dangerous variants will now rapidly and independently emerge in highly vaccinated countries all over the world, and they will spread at a high rate. And I expect the current pattern of repetitive infections and relatively mild disease in vaccines, those who have received the vaccines, to soon aggravate and be replaced by by severe disease and death. Now, what happens when all these jabbed morons start dropping like flies and cancer rates explode? You're going to have all sorts... Dude, you're going to... When your immune system is fucked... 
cancer is going to explode. When your immune system is fucked, you're going to get a, a common cold is going to take you out. When your immune system is fucked, an allergy is going to end your life. I mean, can you imagine? You could die a thousand ways. A thousand ways. And all people are going to, are, are going to say, hey, look, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a 2,050% increase in cancer rates. There's a, a, a 300% increase in allergy-related uh, uh, deaths with anaphylactic shock. Dude, this is, the, this is like AIDS on steroids, bro. Uh, in the private chat, I just posted that uh, the health insurance CEO article. Oh my god, CJ, bring that up, man. I don't know if CJ's here. CJ, are you there? I'll see. It. Let me. Let yeah, me. I got uh, it. Oh. Okay, you got it. CJ, I guess this is good news, right? The CEO of major health insurance group warns of COVID vaccine aids. This is good. Because yeah. one of these guys, he's a, he looks like a conspiracy theorist to me. Maybe he's probably a white, he's, maybe he's not an ally, CJ. He's a white supremacist. He's, Hitler's hiding under your bed, like Gus likes to say. Unreal. Okay, I thought I lost everybody. Yeah, I think, Unreal. gosh, was it Del Bigtree? Yeah, Del Bigtree, I think, has a a great video where he, he breaks down and, and, kind of shares because i think he what what's the uh the uh scientist name again that the the one that published the paper in regards to you know his concern and everything um gosh John, I what, forget the one that i just talked about or yeah, Dr. yeah. robert oh great not malone great yes uh, peter yes. mccullough so long long story short in the video basically you know what it breaks down to is the, the mrna when it enters the body uh, based upon what it's been programmed to do is to monitor and look for a very specific virus within the body. And the concern has always been for, for well over a year now was that when that enters the body, then that particular MRNA will condition your immune system to only look, only look for that particular strain of the virus. And it's going to alter your, your immune system that everything else is going to be evaded uh, now because it's going to pass your, I can't remember what they're called that attack viruses, but everything uh, else macrophages. is going to escape. It's, it's going to escape. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it, it's pretty, it's pretty understandable. I mean, it just, it, it, it's, it's unfortunate. And you know why we've been talking for several years is to, 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 to not do it. And, and, and I think it does fit into the bigger play that, you know, the, the controllers that, that view the world and the changes that they want to either either alter, alter the population or they understand that the 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 model, the green model that they're building to, that the current population levels can't be sustained because of robotics, because of the 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 energy shortage, because of the the move away from from fossil fuels. They know all this. They they get it. The, the thing that always puzzles me is it why they continue with the the supporting the mass uh, refugee uh, programs that they continue to say, hey, we need to allow all these refugees to take place, to move. Is, is, are they replacements? You know, what what specifically, you know, are they? Um, but yeah, the health insurance thing, too, that's 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 they know these things. And and maybe that's one group uh, because they're very large companies can potentially you know, start raising concern or, or lawsuits and they have the funds to do it to say, hey, we're paying out record amount of law of health insurance 
claims of 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 death claims and we this does not fit our business plan you know we we sold this life insurance based upon this data based upon this and now we're having all these 20 to 50 year olds that are dying unexpectedly and we're going bankrupt and you guys uh, are, i'm sorry cj go ahead no no we 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 need help we need a bailout we need to understand this either either we're going to expose this or you're going to have to start giving us money one of the two well, wasn't there a uh, somebody in France who died as a result of the jab, and then their their life insurance company called it a voluntary suicide or something like that, and didn't yes. pay out? Yeah, that yeah, yeah, there was a case. Yeah, they said it was voluntarily. Yeah, it was. Yep, it was crazy. Yeah, well, like Vela says, I, mean, I come from the insurance industry. I was in it for really, I was in it for two, 20 years, but I was in like this corporate Fortune 500 actually for about 10 years, and uh, so I do understand a lot about insurance and Vela says it perfectly. They do not have time for narratives. The no. only thing they have time for is reality and, right. and because reality pays the bills over there. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. And, uh, and, and what's going to happen when all these people start dropping dead and then their assets, dude, you're, this is an asset grab. Oh, this yeah. is an asset grab. That's all oh, this did, is. V, did you ever figure out how, <clears throat> how uh, the what do you call it? How the old folks' homes were cashing in somehow? Remember we talked about that. Oh there yeah. Was some, yeah. We, did we ever figure that out, or is that uh, is that still underway? No, 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 no. I, I, all I know is that they've. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't figured out which market they were using to uh, leverage off those life insurances, but they were doing. They knew the pe like. When you go to, to a nursing home, to back home, up a little bit, we're, we're talking about Cuomo stuffing uh, COVID patients in yeah. nursing homes and then causing a bunch of people to die. That's what we're talking about. Go ahead. Yeah. So when you're in a nursing home, you know everything about your patient. You know who their insurers are. You know their next of kin. You know a lot of things, and even you would probably also know their life insurance and all that. So the insurance aspects of it, whatever those insurance riders are, they, these in, the insurance policies were financialized on the back end. They were leveraged. So when those people died, whoever was holding those life insurances uh, uh, policies, which have been derivatized, which have been financialized, may, you know, and leveraged on top of it, made a killing on the 11 or 12,000 people that we know of. It's probably more, maybe like 17,000 that have dropped dead. So they made a killing and that back end pay went back to the nursing home administration companies who ran many of the nursing homes. So this is the sick, you know, this is the more you learn about, the, if you take the time to learn how the financial game is played in this country, you would, you would be disgusted living here. Like we you, see you want this evil to end as quickly as possible. This is not America. This is not America. This is like this is this this is the equivalent of a serial killer like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs skinning a person and wearing their skin. America has been skinned and is being worn by a psychopathic serial killer masquerading as America. This is Bingo. not America. Bingo. This thing uh, needs uh, to die, folks. This is why I said uh, it's like the collapse of the United States is is not good or bad. It's necessary. It's got to end. God help us. It, it puts the lotion in the basket. 
like uh, the the best part my cousin and I always do this line so when Starling or whatever her name is shows up at the door and Buffalo Bill answers it and he asks about that woman and he goes oh was she a great big fat person (laughs) (laughs) and uh, dude I could go on I'm not there's so many funny things um one thing about the nursing homes life insurance policies that I think they're the life insurance companies also had another incentive beyond taking advantage of, okay, so life insurance payouts, that is a, um, that's when funds move. That creates money velocity. And anytime there's money velocity, there is an opportunity. There's a trade to be had. It might be that they were shorting their own product on the back end. It might've been a lot of things. But one thing that also happens is a lot of these elderly, they're not on the internet. They pay their bill for their life insurance with like a check every month. Yep. Yep. And so they, they get a bill in the mail, they write a check, they send it. They're not automatic auto pay, none of that, right? And those people who go to the nursing home, they're not getting their mail. A lot of them, especially after the jabs, are going to be, say, mentally, you know, uh, not there, whatever oh, the yeah. word is, some dementia. And that their life insurance bill never gets paid. So that in that case, and that does happen and it has happened, and in this case probably happened, I wasn't there. When you have a life insurance company that collects premiums for like 50 years on somebody and never has to pay out, that right there is the gravy. Mm. So they can, the, those life insurance companies can make money like that. And if there's a payout, I'm sure there's a way to make money off that. We just haven't quite figured that out yet, right? Yeah, exactly. No, we haven't figured that out yet. But uh, we're pretty much at the end of the show, gentlemen. Cowboy, I want to thank you for joining us. Thursday is always fun. Um, CJ, anything you want to say? You want to add? No, that that's it. Um, I've been contacted here lately by several, not only through customers' orders, but just people inquiring in regards to the amount of uh, anxiety that's out there right now, the amount of anxiety, the amount of stress, and been thinking a way of of, of uh, helping and trying to figure out what that looks like. So I thought about maybe doing, uh, maybe starting July 1, whatever, do maybe like a 30 or 45-day. I did in October the Sober October uh, maybe doing another type of, uh, of, a, of a detox uh, program, maybe 30, 45 days, uh, getting people involved, have like a fitness type challenge, uh, as well as just, you know, sharing some ideas in terms of, of managing that anxiety. Here lately, it just seems like it's, it's nearly daily that I'm getting an email uh, with people asking for a recommendation and everything. And, and I apologize for the delay in terms of the Discord. I'm trying to find a way to streamlining my communications, but between social media and emails and everything i probably get anywhere between 150 to 200 correspondence a day so i it, it it gets overwhelming at times uh, most of them are spam but they are what they are uh so but yeah just a 45 day challenge of, of of fitness of uh of uh you know just trying to help and all in terms of what we're experiencing and i and i don't have all the answers people i don't ha- i don't have the solutions all i know what's you know kind of helping me and that's getting to the gym uh exercising it's 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 a great way of of uh, of unplugging uh, I try not to check my phone a whole lot. Uh, it drives me nuts when I see people there at the gym and they're on their phone the whole time. I'm like, I'm like, focus on your breathing. That's why you're here at the gym, not to be on your phone. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I just, I just wanted to add that, uh, V. You know, CJ, on that real quick. When I was at university, I was going through some depression. I went to the psychiatrist, psychologist out on the university. At back then, I knew nothing. I am like, hey, can you give me some like Xanax or something? And she gave me an article. And it was called exercise therapy. And it said how people who are taking pills for their anxiety end up 
like 97% of them end up worse off or the same as before when they stop taking the pills, yeah. but they get much better results through studies uh, for, they call it exercise therapy, you go to the gym, you work out, endorphins kick up. So yeah, I, I'd say that, and first of all, thanks to that psychologist for being freaking prescient. And, uh, and third of all, yeah, dude, CJ, awesome recommendation. I don't know if there's a better one diet and exercise, diet and exercise. And, and something else you can do that's simple is stop sleeping with your phone next to you, you know, put, put it away from where you're, you're sleeping. You know, there's, I, I firmly believe, and, and I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, but I, I firmly believe that we all, we know we're energy, we're beings, we're, we're energy. And I, I firmly believe that because of the, the, the Wi-Fi that's in our homes or the, the 5G that's are, are around us. We have to find a way of some people I think are more sensitive to that. I, I firmly believe that. I think other people are perfectly fine, but other people are, are, are plugged in that. I, and a simple thing is, you know, where, where do you sleep? With, where do you sleep? And where's your phone? Well, I put it right next to me when I, when I sleep. I have to have it that way in case you're emergency. Well, that electronic signal that's there could be potentially disrupting your, your sleeping pattern. And, and, and if you're, that's not working, then maybe you should unplug your Wi-Fi in the home at night or something like that. So just, so just different things that maybe would, would, would help people because again, the, the anxiety right now that I'm, I'm, I'm receiving from people looking for products, looking for answers and, and, and shoot, you know what, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you this. I'd rather you get to the gym and find an, a natural way of fighting uh, the anxiety and everything, even before you, I would recommend like doing any of our, of our products with CBD. I'd recommend, Hey, this is what you should be doing first. And Cowboy, you're absolutely right. The last thing that you want to do is go to a doctor and get prescribed a medication because it, you, you have to look for the root cause of what's challenging that diet, exercise. V, you know that. You've, you've been in fitness your entire life. I advocate using lots of soy. <laughs> yeah, lots of soy. All right. Lots All right, of so soy. And uh, eat as much fake meat as possible and start getting into <laughs> insects because you want to you want to lower your carbon footprint. Beyond so sausage, baby. Not doing Beyond that, sausage. Beyond sausage is the way to go. And so when you're not like talking to people, carry a brown bag with you and breathe into that to reduce your carbon footprint. That's what I have uh, to say. There's a book called Estro Generation by Dr. John G. J. J. A. Y. In that book, he does actually reference studies that have your phone next to you at night being a problem. Um, now I have my wife and I put our phones on airplane mode. I bought an RF meter back when the Dude, I was uh, trying to call you at three in the morning one time. No wonder you were picking up. Yeah, dude. Yes. <laughs> you could tell me tell me about your dreams, dude, like we used to, you know, back was... in the day. Um, can, the, can uh, you interpret my dream? Inter yeah. I bought an RF meter. And so 5G towers are going in. They put one up in my neighborhood. So I took that RF meter and I went over to that tower, which fortunately was far away. And I read how much energy was coming off of it. Definitely harmful. I went ahead and took my iPhone and... I took that RF meter and I put it like my distance away from it at night and it was worse than the 5G tower for RF. So understand that that's, I mean, I've done it. Look, you're overreacting with this RF. We all know RF is good uh, for preventing cancer. Of course, of course. The but more I did, radiation you have, the better. And eat soy. I bought it. Well, I even, I I even it, get uh, after my sons when they wear their, their Bluetooth uh, headsets too much. I'm like, I'm like, listen, like, Bluetooth Limit your use safe. of that. It's it's okay, but you know, not to sit there and have your Bluetooth in like the entire time. You know, I mean, just crazy. I like oh, no, to I have... drive. I like to keep my phone next to my crotch. That's perfect <laughs> with, with the Bluetooth and the Wi-Fi and everything, and the screen turned to, everything turned to the max. <laughs> you just bake it. That's roasting on an bacon open RF. 
Yeah, no, there's with your meta with your meta uh, goggles on. <laughs> I, I, I drive with my meta goggles on while my phone is full powered, resting next see, to my crutch. My As phone I go is get my, my alarm. soy shakes in the morning. So my phone's my alarm, right? So what I do is I actually bought a Faraday bag and I put the phone in that and I measure the RF coming out of that. And then I took it out of the Faraday bag and put it on airplane mode. And it's about the same. So if you have to have your phone, but say like you could turn the Wi-Fi off and just turn the Wi-Fi off the Wi-Fi router and your phone, that'll help. Or if you don't need to take calls at night, then just uh, put the phone on airplane. Good stuff, guys. Very well. And uh, yes. When Can I still call you guys? Is that acceptable? I, I, you guys aren't offended, are you? Do you guys, either one what? of you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm from New York. I have the thickest skin in the world. Yeah, yeah we're good. We're good. Wayne, Wayne Rex says that I'm a glowy. Yes, I am a glowy because of cell phone radiation, not because I work for the feds, Wayne. Okay, I don't work for the feds. I'm just glow <laughs> because I am a light. I am, I am a being of light. <laughs> a being of light that's fueled with RF radiation. I believe one day I'll, I'll develop superpowers because of the RF radiation that's in my body, guys. Maybe I'll, I'll yeah, that's, become like the I thought the superpower... No, look, here's the thing. We're weaponized, right? We're a walking weapon because of all the jabs. So we're like a superhero, right? Because we, we're developing all these crazy new uh, viruses. So we're, we're, we're a weapon. We're already like superheroes. We talk about. <laughs> exactly. And with that being said, folks, we're at the end of the show. Remember, cell phones, full power, maximum radiation. Get yourself some soy. Eat lots of fake meat. and Start getting into the wonderful world of insects. Walk around with a paper bag and breathe into it as much as possible to reduce your carbon footprint. And use reusable toilet paper. That's the newest thing. Reusable toilet paper. <laughs> and with that being said, CJ, we are over and out. See you guys back tomorrow. Velas will be with us. Uh, then he's going to go away for a while. And with that being said, take it away, CJ. All right, guys.